and welcome back to Better Than Before, the podcast that is here to inspire and empower you to make positive changes in your life so you can become the happiest, healthiest, and most fulfilled version of yourself. Whether you're looking to improve your relationships, boost your productivity, or simply find more laughter, joy, and meaning in your everyday life, I've got you covered. I'm your host, Yami Mufti Fraze, and I am thrilled to have you join me on this journey. Remember, my goal for you is simple, to help you leave each episode better than before. Welcome back to the Better Than Before podcast. And today we are going to talk about my small business, Lavavi. It is my sustainable activewear and swimwear brand. And it's evolved so much over the years. And last time when I asked over on Instagram what you guys wanted me to touch on, a lot of people were requesting just they wanted to know more about my small business, how it evolved. Um, how I started and tips and tricks for growing it and how I'm managing mom life and um, being an entrepreneur and so much, so many more questions. So I figured today I would tell a little bit of the story, how I got to where I am today. And in, and throughout that story, I will um, weave in tips and hopefully you can get something out of it. Um, if you are trying, if you are trying to start a small business or if you have a small business, I hope that this episode helps you out in some way. And of course, if you have any more questions about it, please feel free to leave them down below or send me a DM and I'd love to help you out. But without further ado, um, grab some tea, coffee, some snacks, whatever it is, and get ready to just leave better than before. (laughs) I, I had to do it. Okay. So Lavavi. It actually started almost um, about seven or eight years ago, but it wasn't called Lavavi at the time. Uh, we have to go all the way back to New York City when Taz and I were working at Equinox and we were kind of dating at the time. No, yeah, we definitely were dating. And um, we were walking from Equinox, where we used to work, to Grand Central Station in New York City. And we would just come across, sadly, a lot of homeless people. And um, my heart aches for them. I lived in New York for about eight years. And every time I would see someone, it would just break my heart. And um, I don't know. I think that one that one walk, I, I don't know if I was the one that was like, I wish there was something we could do for them. And I don't know. I honestly don't remember how it transpired. Maybe we should bring Taz in here next time. But... Um, we just thought about the slogan lift and be lifted. And we thought about that because at the time Taz and I were personal trainers and, um, being a personal trainer or, you know, working out a lot or, you know, being in bodybuilding, it's considered a very selfish sport. And we were thinking lift and be lifted because you could totally lift yourself up, but lift others up in the process as well. So that was our name. It was lift and be lifted. We, went to my apartment and we looked up on Instagram. Nobody had it. We did a website search. Nobody had it. So we took all of those names and that was the start essentially of Lift and Be Lifted. We even did like a, what's it called? Well, I don't think it was a GoFundMe. Was it a GoFundMe? It was like one of those like help startup things. (laughs) And looking back, I'm just like, oh, why did we do that? But uh, we ended up going through 
again, I don't even know how this happened, but somebody that we knew on Facebook, um, which to this day, honestly, don't know how I know this man. Um, but he was very nice. He was a family man. He had a business, like a screen printing business, and he wanted to help us. And so we did a very small order, like a sample order, I should say. And the first ones were so horrible. Like we still have them to this day because they're. I just, I just want to keep them to remember where we came from, you know. And um, we got those samples, and I was like, absolutely not. We cannot do this. This is too much work. I, I can't do it. So I put that box in our closet for a couple of years. Um, fast forward, Taz and I end up moving to New Hampshire. I start competing. I start doing these eight week challenges. I'm more and more into fitness. Um, my social media at this point is kind of, um, I don't want to say growing super fast, but it, I was building an audience because I was competing and people were following my journey. So in that I was like, Oh, I want to restart, um, the clothing line. And remember at this point it was called lift and be lifted. And, um, we started with this iconic crop, crop <laughs> words, yummy. We started with this iconic crop and we just wrote in gold letters lifted and like this, the cursive that everybody to this day, like cringes at, but it was popular at the time. And that was our first crop. We had it in black and gold and white and gold, and it was the best seller. We started with that and, um, it was great. People loved it. People were wearing it. It was kind of like, you know, picking up steam. And then from there, uh, we started doing screen printing shirts, not very many crops anymore, which is so weird. Like looking back, I'm like, why didn't I do what was so like, why didn't I repeat what was so good? You know what I mean? But we were such newbies. We had no idea what we were doing. And so, we, we sold out a couple of times out of that crop. And then we just did screen printing. We did that for a couple months. I honestly don't even remember how long it was, but then we got a cease and desist letter. Oh wait, back up, back up, back up, back up for the lift and be lifted. Our whole thing was, like I said, to help others up in the process. So we didn't partner with, um, feeding America because to partner officially, you need to be like, donating like half a million dollars or whatever. And we obviously don't have that as a small business, but we would take a dollar from each sale and send it straight to Feeding America because each dollar would help feed 11 families in need. And so we wanted to just make sure we were giving back to our community. I remember when we were living in New York, the whole dream was to have like a lift New York, um, lift Boston, lift Miami. And we wanted to essentially help people in these cities, but it was just too complicated. So we just decided to go with Feeding America. And so we did that. Hold on, I need some water. My mouth is so dry. <laughs> so we decided to go with Feeding America and then we've just done that ever since. So fast forward, like I said, one day, Taz and I, we get a cease and desist letter from Mark Jacobs, like the Mark Jacobs. And it was actually so funny because it was from their lawyers and it said to stop using the logo, which is interesting because we actually have the rights to the logo that we have. Um, so essentially we could still use it and we couldn't get, we wouldn't be able to get in trouble because we have those rights. But um, at the time, Taz and I were doing the screen printing. Taz had a full-time job. It was kind of just me and it kind of started falling off the back burner. 
And I wasn't passionate about what we were doing. We were literally just putting words on a t-shirt. It was just screen printing. There was not, I wasn't really like loving it. So with the cease and desist letter, um, also I should say they had like screenshots of our Instagram profile. And at the time we had like 300 followers and I was like, what is Mark Jacobs doing worrying about little old us, you know? But I also was like, oh, we made it because if Mark Jacobs thinks that we are, you know, some sort of like threat to them, I was like, oh, whale hair flip, you know? So anyway, um, I took this time, like I said, I wasn't super passionate about what we were doing. I still loved like the idea behind it and the wanting to help people, but I wasn't just, I wasn't fulfilled by what we were doing. So I took the time to just kind of rebrand. We stopped everything. We sold everything out. We still have a few things left, but for the majority things all sold out. And then, um, I decided that I wanted to try activewear, but like actually cut and sew, not wholesale because, (laughs) and I might step on some toes here. A lot of brands these days just take a pre-made legging and slap their logo on it and call it good. And I'm not going to lie. There are times that I'm like, why didn't I do that? It's easy way out. You make so much more money. You can grow a lot faster. Um, But for me, I just feel like that's not, not that it's not ethical, but it's like you're just selling the logo at this point, which if you have a huge company, then I mean, maybe that makes sense. But for me, I wanted to build something, which um, definitely bit me in the butt a couple times. But um, anyway, so I started doing that, reaching out to manufacturers overseas, and those first samples were actually horrific actually horrific. The The fabric was so thin. The measurements weren't right. Like it was just so bad. Um, but looking back, it's just like really cool to see how much we've grown or I've grown since then. Um, but yeah, so I just went through a couple different manufacturers, finally found one that I liked. And at this point, my minimums were 150 per color, which is insane as a like a first launch, if I can tell you anything, if you're starting an activewear blind or even a product-based brand, I would suggest, and this is a hot tip, okay? Please, if you get anything out of this, please make it, like, let it be this. I want you to do as low minimums as possible. Unless, of course, you know that you have bomb selling power. If you have selling power and you know that you're gonna sell out, by all means, you know your audience the best. But I think for your very first launch, try to do the lowest MOQ possible. Sorry, the MOQ means minimum order quantity. So I didn't know at the time that there were other manufacturers that had lower MOQ. So I went with this one and imagine I had four colors, um, one crop, one legging in four colors, 150 of each color. So, I mean, it was a ton and I did sell. I thought it was like, I hit even, um, when I launched, but I was still sitting on those leggings for months and even years to be totally honest. And so, um, we did that and the first launch was good, but I did have a huge mishap the very first time, um, we launched. So like I said, the manufacturer was great up until, so you go through sample runs, right? And I went through samples for the crop. And if you've been around for a while and you're an OG, you know, the first crop was kind of like a mock neck, high neck, and it kind of went in, in the chest and it had a very low back with just a strap going down the back. And 
I, I think I sampled that four or five times and I had approved the very last sample. The measurements were perfect. It fit great. I fit me. I fit other a couple more girls. I think I feel like five or six girls to make sure it was really good and fit different body types. And for some reason, I don't know what happened on their end, but they had approved or they took to production the sample before the approved one. And so it was a little bit more narrow than I wanted um, in the chest. And so it didn't fit a lot of women well. And so I tried like I look back now and I'm like, oh, one day I'm going to talk about this story and not be bitter, but I'm still bitter about it <laughs> because like I said, I, I I was still sitting on some products for a while because it didn't work for everybody. And, you know, I think maybe if I was a much bigger brand, I could have maybe done something with that, but I couldn't lose that money. So I went ahead and tried to make it work and I gave options of how to wear it and, um, we're finally out of those bras or those crop tops, but it was definitely a learning, um, a learning season for me. The very, I mean, I'm still learning and it's, I've been doing this for three or four years, but, um, so I did that. And then we had another collection, which, um, was one of my favorites and it was the Oasis collection. Um, I think we have like one color shorts because at the time it wasn't that popular. It was the beige one. And now we're selling those actually, but, um, that did well. And then after that, we had another collection. It was the essentials collection and, um, also did really well. And I'm kind of speeding through this because I pivoted right after the essentials collection. So the more and more I started learning about the clothing business and the ins and outs of it, I realized that, it's not as sustainable as it can be. And I want to preface this by saying that I am not 100% sustainable, obviously, because I am I just cannot be. Um, but I pivoted to become a sustainable activewear and swimwear brand. So I launched a new category, which was swim, and then I started using recycled fabrics. And um, <laughs> I joke around that I'm like, I'm always making things harder for me because it's more expensive. Um, the fabrics are more expensive. It's harder to find. The minimum order quantities are much higher. And so I, and I'll say that I feel like I haven't, and this is me being completely transparent as a business owner, just to kind of help you and encourage you if you're on your own journey. I know that from the outside and it can look like I have this amazing business and I do, but I'm still learning. I'm still trying to figure things out. I am still a one person brand. The team is very small. It's literally just me. I have somebody helping me with social, but um, other than that, it's me and the ins and outs. And so again, I'm still learning. I didn't go to fashion design school. I didn't go to business school. And um, I mean, anyway, all that to say that from the outside looking in, it might look like I have this great brand, but if you really if you were really like a fly on the wall, you'd see that I still struggle with things and things aren't always perfect. And I still make huge mistakes. And, um, yeah, so I just wanted to encourage you with that. You're not alone in that. And, um, we're always learning. And I think that if we accept the fact that we are always going to be learning, then we take that pressure away from us. Right. So anyway, back to the, um, uh, the, the story of Lavavi. Um, oh wait, I didn't even say it. So <laughs> when I was, um, kind of rebranding, I started doing the cut. And so I sat, and I'll never forget this. I sat on our couch in New Hampshire and I was just Googling 
lifted in different languages because like I said, I wanted to keep the ethos behind the brand. I just didn't want to stay with lift and be lifted because it didn't feel as mature or elevated. It kind of felt in, in full transparency, uh, juvenile. And so when I wanted to rebrand, I wanted to keep the whole essence behind the brand there, but just want to change the name. So like I said, I was, um, Googling, I was Googling lifted in different languages and lavabi showed up and that means lifted in Latin. And I literally was like, that's it. I don't have to look anymore. I closed the computer and I was like, that's, that's the brand. So that's how lavabi was born. And, um, so back to the swimwear, the swimwear launched with the, um, first recycled, uh, activewear collection and it did wonderfully. Um, the, I think the activewear collection, it was the first reversible bra that I did or, or crop, I should say it was the first reversible crop top that I did. And those sold out within the, within the week, um, the leggings sold out shortly after. And one thing that I did do, which looking back probably wasn't the best thing. I, I launched swim with my active at the same time. And it wouldn't be a problem if it was in the summer, but I launched them in November. And that was a mistake (laughs) because it did take a while for me to sell my swim. And since I am a launched based business, um, and this probably doesn't make any sense, but for me, I feel like if I already launch with my photos and the campaign, I can't relaunch it. And I'm here to tell you, <laughs> you can, if you have, if you're sitting on a lot of products, um, whether it be activewear or something else, know that you could take new pictures and kind of relaunch the product as if it was a brand new product. Um, the people that have already seen it will be like, oh, cool. She has this, but people, there are tons of people that don't see your pages or your website or your emails. And so you'll always have new eyes. And I think for me, um, I tend to forget these things and also I'm by myself and I don't have time to do every little thing. So, you know, I think of these things and it kind of just like slips away because I don't make time for them because there's so much going on. So that's that. And, um, after I launched those collections in the sustainable fabric, I've kind of just done that since then. Um, I currently have a couple different manufacturers. I have one in Pakistan, one in LA and another one in the works, um, which I'll talk about that in another episode, but, um, I'm still kind of vetting them out and, um, I get so many questions about my manufacturer. So if you have any questions on that, feel free to DM me. I'd love to help you out and direct you into some people that I have used in the past. Um, and what else? Okay. So, the ins and outs of running a business. Um, I t- actually was talking to a friend who also owns an activewear brand. She's actually in Canada. And we were talking back and forth. And she has a couple of employees. I have none, like I said. And I was telling her that I feel like if Lavavi has been this successful with me just doing the bare minimum, because in total honesty, that's what I feel like I'm doing because I am doing it myself. Because, you know, I have the baby, I have multiple brands that I do, I work with other brands, I have, you know, a house to kind of keep, um, I have the podcast now, I have my YouTube channel and TikTok and all those things. It's really hard for me to put all of my eggs in the Lavabi basket. And, you know, when I think about it, and I'm going to be totally honest here, um, 
there have been times that I'm like, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Maybe I don't, maybe I just stop Lavavi and just pursue other things. Um, but then <laughs> when I have a launch or when I, um, have fittings with models, um, or my friends just trying to, the, to make sure the samples are right sizes and I see their smile on their face and I see how they feel in the pieces. I'm like, oh crap, this is actually pretty good stuff. And I just, since I'm around it so much, I'm like not aware of it. You know, when you spend time with yourself or, um, you, you're like learning something new and you're just like trying to learn it, but like, it kind of just becomes nothing. I don't know if that makes anything, any sense, but when you, when you, when you spend so much time doing something, it kind of becomes like, and it's until somebody else sees it or until you talk about it with somebody else that they kind of, um, uh, validate you. And I'm not saying that people validating me is how I get inspired, but imagine if I work, if you work for yourself 24 seven and you don't talk to anybody and you're working on something and in your head, you're like, Oh, this is good. But you're seeing it so many times. It comes to a point where the magic kind of wears off. Like the, um, like the excitement kind of wears off because you're seeing it and you're looking at it every single day. And, um, until somebody sees it and they're like, holy crap, this is so good. And you're like, oh yeah, this is really good. <laughs> so I hope I'm making sense there. But, um, another thing I could, another tip I wanted to share, if you could, is to have people that you can bounce ideas off of one another. I think if, if I could, I would have a business partner solely for the fact of being able to bounce ideas off of one another. Because like I said, it's so hard doing everything by yourself. I have, um, uh, the girl that helps me with socials, her name is Paige and she has other clients. So she, what she does for me is she'll, um, take the content that I have already shot or filmed and she'll take it and then create like reels sometimes or just posting the pictures. So like she's managing my feed. Um, but it's not necessarily like she's creating new content, if that makes any sense. So when I talk to her, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm able to like bounce off ideas. Like I'm like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And that's very helpful. Um, but other than that, it's literally just me. And obviously I can ask Taz, but he's a man. He doesn't really understand the women's clothing, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, sorry, I'm going kind of off on a tangent here, but um, I just like, like to talk how I think <laughs> I will get like a new idea or like a thing I want to share and it'll just like, kind of like stop my head. Maybe I have ADHD. Who knows? Um, anyway. Okay. So back to running a business, um, being a mom and working from home and all that, I will say it's very hard. <laughs> and I said this in the last podcast, it's very, very hard, very difficult, but I have to make a priority to not dilly dally when she's asleep or if Taz is, um, with her. Um, like I said, I am the most productive I've ever been. And it's because now I literally have no choice. If I don't get something done in X amount of time, it probably won't happen. So I think it's just something that you have to be very, um, diligent about. And, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like make an appointment with yourself and don't cancel. 
um, imagine you're, I don't know, imagine you're, you have an appointment with somebody you admire, right? You would not cancel on that person. So don't cancel on yourself because you are the most important thing. And if you don't work on whatever it is you want to work on, no one is going to do it. Right. So maybe think about it like that. Um, but other than that, I mean, my dreams for Lavavi are so big and, um, I kind of mentioned this in the last podcast, but I'm at a point right now where I, I enjoy what I do, but I don't have a system in place. Like I said, I'm literally doing the bare minimum and I'm probably sharing too much information, but I have to get to a point where Lavavi is not running on its own, but kind of running on its own, meaning that I have systems in place that will produce consistent launches. And I have to be careful with that because I don't want to launch month after month because that'll be going against the sustainability aspect of my business. And um, it's just hard. It's hard to to do it all. And um, listen, if you are a mom working from home or even working outside of the home, it's so hard and I give you so much kudos because if you are not experiencing, you'll never know. But it is possible. We will get there. We will succeed. And I think we have a leg up in the sense that we're probably, I know for me, I'll speak for myself, I am doing the best that I can, mostly for my daughter, Luna. And I want her to see me and be so proud and I want to be able to provide a life for her that I might have not had. Um, so, yeah. So the goals for Lavavi, I should finish, is um, I wanted to to I want to build it to the point where I have people working for me. I want to be able to get to the point where I just kind of like approve things. And I know that sounds kind of weird. But I have been in all aspects of the business and I want to get to a point that I am, like I said, just um, saying yes or no to decisions. Like I want to come in and I want people to like, I want to have a design team. I want to have a fulfillment team. I want to have designers and I want to have people that execute social media campaigns. And I want people to think of the photo shoot, obviously with, I, I will go in there and speak my mind, but that's the dream I have for Lavabi. I want it to get to a point where it's on its own and I come in to work <laughs> and it's not like, oh, let me take care of this today when I have five minutes where, um, I don't know if that's making any sense. I'm kind of going off on a tangent and I apologize if it makes no sense, but I just, I just see all of these brands that are succeeding. And I always say, why not me? And I am doing everything in my power to get there. And at this point, like I mentioned, I don't know what that next step is, but I am working really hard to figure it out. Um, oh, which I did want to mention something. I, I mentioned that I have been in all the aspects of the business. And that is one tip I can give you. If you are a small brand, and you're doing it by yourself, like relish in that. Because if you know all the aspects of your business, when you bring people on, you can then train them. But not also that, but you also know what they are experiencing. So if they're experiencing a pain point 
Or if they don't know how to do something, you can say, oh, well, that's cool because I, I've actually done it and I know how to help you. And I think it's really great when you can hire someone and not sympathize, but understand what they're doing um, so that when they come to you with an issue or a problem or a resolution, you kind of know where they're coming from because you've done it before them. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> um, but how long is this? Oh, 28 minutes. Let's wrap this up, Yami. <laughs> I would love to do a second episode of this. If you have any questions, feel free to leave them in the show notes or send me a DM or comment if you're watching on YouTube. I'd love to um, go a little bit more in depth and answer your questions. So with that said, I hope that you enjoyed it. You can find my brand over on Instagram at Lavavi period co or on www.lavavi.co. And, um, we're also on TikTok at Lavavi and, um, make sure that you're following us because we have a very exciting launch coming up and something that is beloved may or may not be coming back. So with that said, thank you so much for joining me. I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast and I will see you next time. I love you. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Better Than Before. I hope you loved today's episode and that you feel empowered and of course, inspired to live better than before. If you enjoyed today's episode and you'd like to support me in the podcast, please consider subscribing, leaving a review and rating. And if you want to stay up to date with all things better than before and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Yami Mufti and the podcast at Better Than Before Podcast. Thank you again for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.